three, two, one, zero, 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 zero. From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Crash Connell, and it is February 23, 2024. Fresh new podcast today. And uh, Mary, you were asking yesterday, because Johnny Rader, he, he films uh, our podcast, our audio podcast live, and then he puts it on YouTube and Rumble. You were asking which, which camera's watching me. I have a red light on my camera, so I guess we got some cameras here, so if you see a red light, that's, uh, that's the one you're on. If you want. Sounds good. Now, is this, is this your last fresh podcast mm-hmm. as host for a while? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. I want to make sure that, that everyone's aware of that. So if you're a Mary Danielson fan, you can go away for two, couple of weeks and go do something else. I'll be seeking seashells by the seashore. All right. And so, uh, what's the date when, uh, when you're back? Because um, I'm, I'm drawing a blink. I'm drawing a blink. <laughs> well, the Tuesday that I will be back is March. I will be back here the 12th in okay. the saddle. March 12th. All right. Yes. In the meanwhile, uh, Scott Sherrill will be uh, guest hosting, and so is uh, J.B. Hickson, and I'll do a few and some repeats in there. All right. So Sounds let's good. get underway right. for this February 23rd. Yes, it is Friday, and my guest today is author, speaker, apologist Chris Lawson. And I've wanted to have him on for some time. We have a couple things in common. And as we chatted before uh, the broadcast here, we realized we have met. And we met in Cambria, California. I think that was back in 2017. And I think we just had a brief conversation, all too brief, of course. But here we are meeting again uh, on live radio. So that's uh, that makes my day. And there's a lot we have to talk about. So we're just going to jump right in today. And my scripture, I have a scripture, of course, um, is a short one today. It's Acts 20. 29 to 31, and it says, Paul speaking, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore watch, and remember, for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, day and night, with tears. Oh, will you pray with me this morning? Lord, we know that these times are part of your plan for the culmination of all things. And we trust your your perfect will for the nations and for the church. We pray for increased discernment and protection from deception, uh, to be alert and to be wise to the schemes of our enemy. We rely on you, Lord, for our endurance, for wisdom, and also give us a heart for those who are lost and hurting. We lift up Christ to you and his labors for the kingdom. Bless him and his loved ones. Give him open doors and grace to come against the various lies that this world throws at us continually. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, like I said, my guest today, author, uh, researcher, lecturer, Chris Lawson. Uh, he's both an experienced missionary and an ordained pastor, and he spent a lot of time as a researcher, writer, counselor, helping people escape the clutches of spiritual deception. Besides uh, a calling as a missionary, he has served as a long-term church planter in the U.S., also in Edinburgh, Scotland, He's the founder and director of Spiritual Resource Research Network, a Christian outreach dedicated to proclaiming the gospel and encouraging biblical discernment. He is the general editor and writer for SRN, 
and his articles have appeared in discernment resource publications such as Forcing Change, Lighthouse Trails Research Project. He's spoken at churches. Um, he, he taught at Golgotha Mission Bible Institute in Romania. He's participated in apologetics and discernment seminars in Scotland, England, South India, Canada, California. And you can find him at LawsonChristopher.org, also Spiritual Research Network. Org. Chris, welcome to Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much for having me on. Nice well, to reconnect. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. Well, I want to talk a little bit, um, just so people, listeners can get to know you a little bit. Tell us about the beginnings of SRN over in Scotland. Uh, what drew you over there? And then um, uh, how did things go when you get there? You wanted to plant a church. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, we actually, we had planted a church, we had, uh, I was the assistant pastor at Calvary Chapel in San Luis Obispo, California for about 11 years, okay. and we were sent out missionaries to go to Scotland, and we were going to, uh, our goal was to plant another Calvary Chapel over there, and after being there for a couple years, we realized that, obviously, the difficulty of being in a, a cross-cultural uh, mission setting, but at the same time, instead of, you know, just trying to start our own new thing, we we were doing numerous different uh avenues of outreach, but we we also came alongside a Scottish church in Edinburgh. And when we were there, I realized that many of the people that we were reaching out to that were unchurched, that were uh, either, you know, professing Christians, uh, nominal Christians, or actually true, say, born-again, made-alive-in-Christ Christians, Mm -hmm. had actually been abused in churches and had left. So we were, you know, we had our hands full as far as reaching out and many different ways. And so I started uh, this little website, spiritualresearchnetwork.org. Actually, back then it was .com. But um, the goal was to just present the biblical Jesus, the biblical gospel, the biblical Holy Spirit to people that I had been meeting, you know, in our community, and to be able to provide a platform for them to come and find information if they were interested, and was dealing with spiritual abuse, different types of authoritarian abuse, and, you know, also I had, you know, a line of stuff on the websites uh, regarding cults and pseudo-Christian cults and, and the occult in the New Age. So oh. uh, this went on, This I started the website in 19... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2004, which was about a year a year after we had moved to uh, the UK, and so you know as time went on, uh, 2004, 2005, 2006, I realized this massive need uh, to to deal more with deception in the church, uh, as well as you know sharing the gospel, pro- proclaiming the gospel to non-believers. But uh, as we started exposing. Uh, the purpose-driven materials, mm-hmm. Rick Warren, mm-hmm. and that movement, as well as Christian yoga and spiritual formation and contemplative spirituality, I began to get pushback from uh, some of our dissenting uh, churches and mm. donors. And so, well, anyway, as time went on, um, the rubber uh, hit the road real hard, <laughs> and um, our mission support just got ripped out from under our feet. And I, I actually resigned from being a Calvary Chapel missionary when I was over there. Uh, the, the reason was because the, the pressure that was put on us to dump our discernment ministry, um, you know, from the home front, while at the same time I'm, I've got, had gotten over 50 emails or phone calls or personal letters from other pastors and missionaries, you know, commending us just as missionaries 
for for having a two pronged ministry, which was proclaiming the gospel and church planting, and at the same time encouraging biblical discernment and defending the faith. Mm. And so that's that's you know as time has gone on, you know I, I'm not pastoring currently now. However, I've kept the Spiritual Research Network website going, yeah. and I've got a few other websites as well, and some social media stuff as well. But um, yeah, the need is absolutely huge, and I, I felt so compelled, like uh, Jude, who wrote, you know, Jude, um, the book of Jude, uh, he wanted to write to the church about the common salvation that we share in Christ, but he felt that the urgent need to warn the church, and so that you know, I'm contending earnestly for the faith, and that's what I've been doing all these years. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken a beating for it, but uh, no less, um, I'm going to press on until the Lord calls me home. Yeah, right, <laughs> and there's always going to be warfare. When you're coming against uh, lies and deceptions that have crept into the Church, and I think you and I would uh, agree the fact that it's gotten so out of control. I mean, I can't believe the things that have crept into the Church um, because you and I both, uh, you know, we have the joy of our salvation. We understand, uh, how wonderful it is to walk with Jesus. And then there are those who want to pervert the gospel. And I've never quite understood that, but, but, uh, I look at your website here and you have so many resources, so many articles. I highly rec- recommend spiritualresearchnetwork.org. Um, because if you want to learn or brush up on, and I even have to brush up on because if you, if you focus on one area, Something else is creeping in. Something else is making a lot of inroads, and so it's it's a full time job. Um, and I I like your focus on new age occult practices, that sort of thing. I think there's a lot of need for that. I want to mention your Lighthouse Trails booklets. You have Yoga and Christianity, and this is Lighthouse Trails Research website. Yoga and Christianity, a directory of authors. Now this are, these are who not to read, and this has been updated and expanded. Uh, this past year, uh, how to know if you're being spiritually abused or deceived is another booklet, and the Alpha Course, with which you and I co-authored, sort of a long distance with uh, Lighthouse Trails, uh, putting everything together. And you also did a booklet on. Is, am I saying this right? Taze? Is that how you say that? Uh, Taze. Taze. Yeah, okay. In worship. Okay. Ecumenical reconciliation or an interfaith delusion. Yeah, right. So that's about the Taze movement, which is huge in Europe. I mean, it's, it's a lot of people over here know about it, but it's it's just it's just huge ac- across Western and Eastern Europe, wow. For, among, amongst the youth especially, uh, and the, the Roman Catholic Church is behind promoting it. The, the last few popes. Okay, and it's it's an ecumenical interfaith. Uh, is it a monastic it, it, community, yes, it, or what is it exactly? Uh, Taze, yes, monastic community uh, in in um, a community in France. Okay. The mountainside hills of France. Uh, but it's, it's, it's like spiritual formation, contemplative style okay. worship. Uh, it's very mystical oriented. And there's over a hundred thousand young people that visit the Taze community every year. Wow. Um, so, and it's a growing movement. So, I mean, the Roman Catholic Church is really pushing it because it, it's, it's a, it's like the Alpha Course where they're using it. In a sense, they've hijacked it to mm-hmm. um, draw people into the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very interesting because I don't uh, I don't know of any of that movement Taze around here, but that doesn't mean it isn't. I just don't hear about it as much in the states. 
but somebody listening might know someone who's involved in it, and so that's very helpful for them, and they can get those at Lighthouse Trails. And when we put up the post and the podcast, there will be links to all of these resources on there, so feel free, if you're listening, feel free to, to just grab those links, and, and you can get any of these resources very easily and quickly. Uh, you also co-authored a brand-new book from Lighthouse Trails called A New Narrative for a New World, which includes contributions by Warren Smith, Carl Tegrib, Kevin Reeves, Richard and Linda Nathan, you uh, and myself, and we're going to talk about this book uh, after we tackle the Alpha Course, if we can actually tackle that in the first half of this podcast. But let's start with the Alpha Course because um, I think people tend to think it's a relic of the 90s, uh, that it's kind of you know gone and done. It is not at all. I say it's a repository of everything that's wrong with a lot of the evangelical church today because no one kicked it to the curb in the 90s. Um, and when you talk about testing the spirits, I'm pretty sure that did not happen here. So, um, Chris, give us an introduction to the Alpha Course. I think it began around 1990, but um, some of the spiritual aspects go back a little bit farther. Uh, let me just give a couple stats here before you jump in. It's still going strong. It's been taught in 169 countries in 112 languages, presented in over 30,000 churches. 27 million plus have completed this course. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast from anywhere in the country, there's a good chance there's a church near you that offers Alpha. And um, you and I both know that popularity rarely equals doctrinal soundness. So, soundness. Uh, so let's take it apart, Chris. What can you tell us about the origins of the Alpha Course? Well, you know what? It actually started uh, initially back in 1977, mm-hmm. and this is in our booklet that we wrote together mm-hmm. uh, by the Anglican priest named Charles Marnham, and he served at Holy Trinity Brompton Church, uh, the parish in London. And then, uh, you know, it was passed on to John, John Irving as far as the the uh, parish there, and then uh, Sandy Mylar, uh, who became the vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton, um, and, and eventually, uh, they turned it over to Nikki Gumbel. Mm-hmm. And Nikki Gumbel became the head of it, uh, as far as the Alpha Course, and really kind of, you know, took the whole thing to the next level, so to speak. And, you know, as far as the publishing and materials, and, and Nikki Gumbel got this thing off the ground to where it was completely in flight and, you know, beginning to really circulate around the globe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've got in my hands here, I've got a it's just a printout, but it's it's the Alpha News Hong Kong edition from alpha.org.hk wow. uh, back from June 2004. And on the front cover of this was Nikki Gumbel meeting Pope John Paul II. And this wow. from this issue here in 2004, it was uh, Hong Kong starts the first Alpha course for Catholics. Okay, so mm-hmm. the Alpha course was already going very strong before uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church started getting, you know, heavily involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just quote to you real quick here. From the 2000, back in 2004, it was already in 30 countries. But um, it says it says here, quote, uh, you may ask, what is Alpha for Catholics? Alpha for Catholics refers to the use of the Alpha Course within the Catholic Church. It is the unchanged standard Alpha Course. Alpha is compatible with Catholic teaching. But it does not. But it does not present holy Catholic issues. It assumes that follow-up teachings will be offered to Catholics and those wishing to become Catholics, if they are not already. Hmm. So, you know, basically the Alpha Course. When the Roman Catholic Church got involved with supporting this and it started filtering through Catholicism as a whole, it's just 
taken off more and more and more. I mean, yeah. it's, it's everywhere now, pretty much. As you mentioned, all the different countries it's in. And I, I have, I looked at the website yesterday, the alpha.org, alphausa.org website. And this was from the uh, annual, annual update. And this was for 2002. It says in 2002, our goal, I'm quoting here. In 2002, our goal was to see 6,600 churches run Alpha. For many reasons, we were thrilled to see more than 7,400 churches run Alpha last year. Uh, you know, and then they have the participants, 404,258 Alpha participants, 13,331 total courses, and 7,403 total churches and ministries running Alpha. Mm. This was just last year. Wow. So again, cumul- I mean, cumulatively, if you add all this up through the years, you're going to yeah. hit the numbers that are just skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah, and it's still popular. And it really started out to just uh, help people understand the basics of the Anglican faith. It started out small, and and the Anglican faith goes back to the 16th century. A little bit about that for people who don't know. It's, it's the Church of England, which is headed up by King Charles, it is uh, basically Catholicism without the Pope. Uh, it's Episcopalian uh, in this country, uh, it, and it really is, for all intents and purposes, uh, Catholicism. And another very interesting thing, well, Nicky Gumbel uh, was, I believe it was, the vicar of the largest Anglican church in Britain, which you mentioned, Holy Trinity Brompton. But also something very interesting uh, sort of dovetails with this, and you can't ignore this history. Holy Trinity Brompton Church became the center of the Holy Laughter movement for England and Europe in the 90s. It was one of the centers for the Toronto Blessing, the Laughing Revival. A woman named Eleanor Mumford, uh, she was a member of the uh, London Vineyard Church, uh, visited the Toronto Airport Vineyard Church in Ontario. She brought back that experience, and Nikki Gumbel then attended a meeting uh, in a home in 1994, and all of these very strange manifestations of the Holy Spirit happened. Uh, they call it the fruit of the Spirit, which is a, a gross mishandling of the scriptures. But um, Nicky Gumbel uh, went in there very cynically. He did not expect anything to happen. This wasn't his his scene, apparently. But he said he, um, uh, he closed the meeting with prayer and he said, Lord, thank you for what you're doing and send your Holy Spirit. And he had an experience like massive electricity going through his body. And from there on... This is where we get all the drunken, the spirit, feathers, gold dust, all that sort of thing. And Nicky Gumbel became a part of that. And uh, I'm not sure, uh, Chris, to what extent that is a part of Alpha, but it's part of their pedigree. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, if I could just, just uh, I'm going to quote here um, from our booklet here. Uh, this is from the Alpha Videos 3, Talk 9. Uh, Nikki Gumbel explaining this, and he says, quote, and, and I'll talk about this um, before I quote this, okay. uh, the massive electricity that he said was coursing through his body, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about uh, my chapter on occult practices okay. and beliefs crossing into charismatic revivalism. So anyway, Nikki Gumbel explains this in his, in his video. He says, quote, Ellie Mumford told us a little bit of what she had seen in Toronto. It was obvious that Ellie was just dying to pray for all of us. Then she said, quote, now we'll invite the Holy Spirit to come, end quote. Hmm. And the moment she said that, one of the people there was thrown literally across the room 
and was lying on the floor just howling and laughing, Mm. making the most incredible noise. I experienced the power of the Spirit in a way I hadn't experienced for years, like massive electricity going through my body. One of the guys was prophesying. He was just lying there prophesying, end quote. Okay, now this 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 occultic paranormal occult phenomenon is mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can see this all you, it, the the world of the occult and cults and spiritistic influences is is rife with this sort of thing. However, it's been Christianized for the West and mm-hmm. and Western Europe, Eastern Europe. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. I just say the West because it's come from Eastern occult mysticism uh, and the occult uh, Eastern occult worldview. This, this practice of this type of, uh, we call it Kundalini Shakti, path, or the Kundalini Shakti force is the female serpent force of Hinduism, and Jainism, and Buddhism. And, and so these manifestations, they're, they're rife throughout the Brownsville Assembly of God movement, which Nikki brought. Uh, you know, this, he brought it to, the, the, it came to the Holy Trinity Brompton Church, and as you said, Mary, the Holy Trinity Brompton Parish was the center of this counterfeit revival where this stuff was going on, you know, for England and uh, Western Europe. Wow. And we've seen it in the Brownsville Revival, right. the Lakeland Revival, mm-hmm. you know, the Toronto mm-hmm. Revival movement. And as you look at the manifestations, you, just, you see the exact same thing mimicked in, in the church that are uh, primarily in the world of the occult. Uh, when I say the occult, I mean the hidden things, the mysterious things, that demonic energy, demonic influence, demonic affluence, mm-hmm. demonic overshadowing, all these sort of things, mm-hmm. uh, amongst the world of New Agers, mystics, occultists, and so on. And it's it's in the Church, and it's just, this is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, yeah. I have mountains of research materials, articles, books, Christian books, non-Christian books, that discuss all this stuff yeah. and and unfortunately many people in the church today aren't even aware of of what's really going on right right oh, tragic uh lakeland you mentioned lakeland revival is that todd bentley uh yes yeah, the, okay. the punching the yes. punching and kicking allegedly anointed todd bentley yeah. yeah he's a sadomasochistic anointing that he has yeah. where he actually violently you know pushes punches kicks i mean he's it's on the internet. I, I, he's been exposed for it. You know, it's been in news resources and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. that's the end result of this sort of thing, mm-hmm. where it gets that chaotic, and mm-hmm. and people can fall under such a great delusion mm-hmm. that they're actually, you know, hurting people, thinking they're doing the work of God, mm-hmm. thinking it's the Holy Spirit. And the root of this is an absolutely blasphemous, improper, unbiblical perspective of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit in Scripture would never do these things, right? In the right. sense that, in the way that these people in churches are doing these things. I know I was shocked by a lot of this Brownsville and Toronto and all that, and people were going to and fro, and they wanted a part of it. They wanted the anointing and all that. And I, uh, it's good to know these things because this is part of uh, what Nikki Gumble believed, uh, and John Wimber's in that mix. That's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast here. But um, it's it's very interesting how uh, I think people need to know about this. And know, like I said, about where this fits in with Alpha. Um, some quotes by um, uh, Mr. Gumble here, uh, and I'm not sure. I think John Wentz is now ahead of the Alpha. He's the CEO of Alpha, and they have these huge conferences every year. Rick Warren was the keynote speaker one year. Now there's some credibility that got lent 
uh, by a lot of people to Alpha, and uh, Matt Redman was part of one of the conferences. Um, but um, these are some of the quotes by Gumbel. He's very, very ecumenical. This is all about ecumenism, um, home to Rome kind of thing. He says, there is validity in pretty well all religions. Jesus said, I'm the way, but it doesn't mean you write off the other religions. He said uh, he had read Vatican II. He said, I can't find anything wrong with that. Uh, he said, there are 1,800 million Christians today. Uh, and, he, and he goes on about a universal salvation through Rome. Um, self-esteem, he says, we find true happiness through self-esteem. Jesus sets us free to love ourselves. And about the last days, he talks about a united Christian universe. It's all in the hands of a church, and the, the, the you know, culture will be transformed. The whole world will be transformed. Um, and, and the NAR, I mean, can we, can, what do you think, Chris, of the NAR uh, growing on the back of all of this sort of nonsense? Well, yeah, I mean, Alpha Course is going to draw people into churches, but when they, you know, if, right. if, if the prophetic and the apostolic movement, the new, the new apostolic reformation movement, uh, the hyper-Pentecostals, uh, the discipleship movements, they're doing the Alpha Course, they're drawing people in, but at the same time, when the people get in, they're going to get a lot of these ex- excessive, ecstatic, uh, you know, mystical occult-type experiences mm-hmm. uh, that we see happening, and you know, it's just, I mean, it's just absolutely travesty what's going on. I, I, I can't, I can't even put into words how, how huge this movement is across the globe mm-hmm. with the hyper ecstatic experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the tragedy of the Alpha Course is, is with Nicky Gumbel's uh, theological confusion. Uh, he plays to the different crowds. So play to the Roman Catholic Church sure. with the massive, uh, Roman Catholic Alpha movement going on. Then he'll play to the Protestants trying to get back to the Bible. And then he'll, you know, play to the, the hyper-charismatics. Wow. Uh, but the bottom line in this whole thing is, what is the biblical gospel? And the Roman Catholic gospel is absolutely diametrically opposed to the biblical gospel, because Roman Catholicism and the Roman Catholic Alpha, uh, you know, they say they're using the same manual, but then you come into the Catholic Church and you get Romanized right. into what I would call one of the biggest cults in the world, mm-hmm. because it's all based around the... Uh, the papacy and the authority and all of this. Yes, and and you know the, it started out with, and I think this is part of their promotional material uh, that they have produced a program designed to give simple answers to people looking for the meaning of life. It's designed to be fun, attractive, and affirming. Yours for only a ten week commitment. Um, it's not even Christianity light, Chris. It's it's um, which is how they present it. I think to. Uh, the Protestant crowd, but they don't discuss savior, uh, the Savior or s- knowledge of sin or, or eternal life, that sort of thing. Um, and like I said, Rick Warren has spoken, Willow Creek uh, had it. Actually, Brian Broderson endorsed the Alpha Course in 2016. And I think as a good summary, it evangelizes without offending. It presents an incomplete gospel. It's ecumenical to the core. It's church growth-powered. Boy, we could go off on that, I think, Chris, about uh, um, growth hormones in the church. Uh, it's mysticism, contemplative promotion. It's a front for the NAR. It has an incomplete theology of pretty much everything. Um, you know, I, I have nothing good to say about it, and I, I really want to encourage parents and families, if this is being presented in your church or in your neighborhood, uh, to stay as far away from it as possible. Uh, Chris, we have two minutes left in this particular half. Is there anything else you want to add to our discussion of Alpha Course? Oh, did we lose you? Yeah, oh, are you there? I just called back. Yeah, the <laughs> phone dropped out. Yeah. Well, 
It happens once in a while. Yeah, it happens once in a while. I don't know what happens either. Probably just warfare because the enemy doesn't like what we're talking about. Um, right. So we have only a minute left in this particular half of the podcast. We have two minutes left, Crash tells me. Um, is there something you want to add about the Alpha Course? I sort of summarized it and why we need to stay away from it. Is there anything we missed that you want to add? Um, something about Jonathan Rumi, I think, uh, in the Alpha Course. Well, yes, and you know what, too? Uh, real quick, did you, did, when the phone cut out, did, did you, were you able to hear what I said about um, the proclaiming the gospel, the importance of the gospel? I'm not sure if I heard that or not at the end. I don't okay. think I did. No, I don't I think was, I did. Go ahead. I was, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that the most important thing in all of this is, is which gospel is being proclaimed, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Roman Catholic gospel or the biblical gospel. And so when people are drawn into the Alpha Courses, uh, especially with the Roman Catholic context, they get drawn into uh, the churches or revitalizing the parishes, but then they get Roman Catholicized, hmm. meaning they, they they then have to you know get involved with the Roman Catholic Church and go through the sacraments. It's a works based salvation. The papacy is the authority, and it's like this. It's like the world's biggest cult because you have to be doing all these things for works based salvation, as opposed to the biblical gospel, which hmm. is you know, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Mm-hmm. There's no addition to what Christ did on the cross. Right, right, right. So the cross has to be central in how we're viewing this thing with the Alpha Course. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, Mickey Gummel plays to, to the crowds. He plays to the hyper-charismatics with the experiences. He plays to the Roman Catholic Church with the Catholic context, right. which is massive right. in the world today. And then he plays to the Protestant Church that stands against Roman Catholic Church, uh, you know, with his Alpha Course. And he just say, no, yeah, we'll just read the Bible. And, and, and there's so much convolution uh, going on between these three different areas. Right, right. Uh, I mean, even, you know, we mentioned Jonathan Rumi, who's Jonathan Rumi and um, Friar Mike Schmitz and Mark Wahlberg. You know, they're all part of the Hallow app. Oh, like, right. The prayer app right now. Right. Well, Jonathan Rumi, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's like the Alpha Course with Mike Schmitz, and you've got Jonathan Rumi with The Chosen, yeah. and him praying at the grave site of uh, the tomb there of, of Padre Pio, and, and, and he's apparently has some necromantic variation of communicating. With. Okay, Chris, we got we got to have you hold that thought, um, and all, all very, very helpful. I'm so glad that you talked about the gospel and applying the cross at the center of all of this. And so this is, uh, this is Mary Danielson at Stand Up For The Truth on this Friday. We're talking to Chris Lawson, spiritualresearchnetwork.org, and we're going to take a break, be back in two minutes, and we're going to... Talk about all that and some more. Stay with me. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth for this Friday, February the 23rd, 2024. We're speaking to Chris Lawson today. Um, uh, LawsonChristopher.org, SpiritualResearchNetwork.org, lots and lots of resources. And we just got finished talking about the Alpha Course, and I don't think we've spoken on that on this podcast. I know I haven't. And, uh, Chris, we covered a lot of ground, and I think we want to wrap it up, but I think you have a couple more things you wanted to say. So uh, the mic is yours. Let's wrap up the Alpha Course segment. Yes, you know, Mary, yeah, I, I did. this is really important, because with the Alpha Course and what we're going to talk about next, and we talked about 
you know, the hyper-charismatic Pentecostal movement a little bit. Uh, at the, the whole crux of this issue is the cross of Jesus Christ. Mm. What occurred at the cross? What, what did Jesus mean when he said, it is finished? The work of reconciliation, the work of uh, salvation, the work of God's justifying sinners because of the, the, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death and burial and resurrection. And I'd like to just read this because I think this would be educational for Christians if they'd never heard this before. But uh, it's, 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 it's a biblical de- definition from a Bible dictionary uh, on what justification is. Okay. And I'm just going to read this because it's the importance of this. Justification is the judicial act by God declaring the qualification of a human being for some blessing from him. At the moment of faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, God simultaneously inputs or imputes or credits to the sinner his own righteousness, meaning God's own righteousness is imputed to the sinner. Okay, quote, that we might be made righteous, the righteous of, I'm sorry, let me say that again, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse mm. 21. Mm. And pronounces us justified. That's from Romans 3. Justification occurs only by grace on the basis of Christ's death through faith, Romans 3. Salvation, justification is only possible because of propitiation. Propi- pro, you know, Christ's propitiation mm-hmm. for our sins. It goes on here, it says, we possess justification because one perfectly qualified man stands between each person and God, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. Says, Consequently, we are qualified to sustain a relationship with God forever. And that's based on Romans 4, Romans 5, Romans 8, Galatians 3, and Titus 3. <laughs> says, There's also a justification for reward and blessing, which comes on the basis of the application of the mind of Christ in thought, word, and deed, which James refers to as a justification from works. Look at James. So, anyway, what I'm trying to communicate here is is the importance of us recognizing that through the cross of Jesus Christ, we're justified in God's sight based on what Christ has done for us, mm-hmm. not on anything we've done. And what happens is when people get into the Alpha Course, they can very easily be drawn into these hyper-charismatic movements or nominal churches that don't preach the biblical gospel. They don't talk about justification salvation, sanctification, you know, really from a solid biblical theological standpoint. Mm -hmm. And what's even worse is when people get drawn into the Alpha Course through the Roman Catholic context, they then have to, you know, be baptized, be confirmed, go through matrimony, reconciliation, and holy orders, and last rites, A, last rites, B, there's no assurance of salvation in the Roman Catholic Church for them. And, And so, anyway, that's, Mm-hmm. That's the point I wanted to make. But yeah. justification is extremely important for every person who professes to be a Christian to understand yes. the center of our salvation. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. And a verse that comes to my mind is Acts 4.12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that is not taught in the Alpha Course. Nikki Gumbel, um, who is not the head of it anymore, but this is this is what his stamp he put on this uh, a universalism. If you have taken Alpha Course, if you're thinking of taking Alpha Course, run the other direction. And also, I would encourage people to do their own homework on it. There's plenty out there on the internet. Uh, and also the, the booklet that, uh, 
Chris and I did a couple years ago on this is available on Lighthouse Trails for a good app, uh, just a thorough treatment of it. I think it's pretty thorough. Uh, I want to, I want to switch gears here a little bit, Chris, because we have this, uh, book that Lighthouse Trails just put out. It's brand new and it has, uh, it's called A New Narrative for a New World. Um, the subtitle is A Compendium of Terms to Discern Today's Dialect. I'm going to read a little bit, uh, Chris, from the publisher's comment at the beginning to give the listener an idea of the uniqueness of this book and why I really think it's such a great resource. Uh, a New Narrative for a New World is a compilation of eight glossaries from seven different Lighthouse Trails authors. Each chapter presents terms and definitions from a specific ideology. In other words, these are glossaries. And the purpose is... Um, uh, each author's included commentary draws the various chapters together and paints an overall picture of what's taking place in the church and the world today. Uh, and secondly, it defines and explains uh, language and terms that have deceived many, many people. So it's a great resource. Um, every movement and ideology has jargon. They have insider's lingo of their own, um, you know, to, to make them sound like they have some kind of higher knowledge or whatever. Um, but this, this book helps, uh, to understand a movement at a glance in a very concise way without needing to do a raft of research. In other words, you're talking to someone about these subjects. You can brush up on the terms that apply to this particular ideology. And I'm just going to give a list of the chapters so people understand exactly what's included in this book. Um, the chapters are A New Spirituality, that's by Kevin Reeves, also called D is for Deception. The New Age, this is Richard and Linda Nathan. C is for Catholicism by Kevin Reeves. Signs and Wonders, uh, Chris, you and I contributed to this chapter along with Kevin Reeves. Occult Practices and Beliefs with Charismatic Revivalism. S is for Social Justice, and that would be my chapter. T is for Global Transformation, uh, Carl Teichrib, and Narrative for a False Christ, Warren Smith. And N, in the back, you have a directory of authors by you, Chris, and I want to ask you about that. Wow, you put a lot into that to tell people who not to read. Tell us a little bit about that before we dive into the book. Well, <laughs> the purpose of the booklet is just not to blacklist humans. Right. I know that a lot of the authors have, they're, they're well-meaning people, and right. I'm sure a lot of them are very nice. Uh, no, the purpose of it was simply because I had been getting so many questions, people asking about this and that, and who can I read, who can I can't read. I see pastors bringing all sorts of popular books into churches and just derailing people theologically. And, you know, as time went on, myself and a few other people started making these little lists, and there are other lists online people can find. Uh, but I just ended up, you know, adding and adding and adding, and we came out with this with this booklet. But it covers books that I had found and a few other people had found in, in Christian bookstores, mm-hmm. walking Christian bookstores, online Christian portals, uh, church online church bookstores resources, and so all this stuff was found. All I mean, there's there's tons of names, authors in this, with the exception of the uh, part two, Christian and non-Christian mystics of the past. Obviously, I didn't walk into you know a mm-hmm. bookstore and see some of these names, but we put the we put the middle section in there so people would see some of these are dangerous authors. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the concern was because people are reading materials that are either aberrant in theology or full-blown heresy right. from full-blown heretics. Yeah. So you've got people, you know, there are, there are you know, minor aberrations that are just completely not scriptural. Mm-hmm. But these authors, you know, I mean, again, I say they're well-meaning people, but, you know, a lot of them are just, they're just 
well, they're either saved or they're not saved. Mm-hmm. But either way, right. they're writing stuff they shouldn't be writing. Right. Um, so the first section is the new spirituality in the church, and there are you know various avenues of, of what's the new spirituality in the church. The second section is mystics and non-Christian mystics of the past, and then the third one is New Age Movement. We're talking like hardcore New Age occult, new spirituality books in Christian bookstores, on Christian websites. Wow. And so anyway, I, you know, this booklet covers three different, uh, you know, main headings, but I'm writing another one that's actually going to deal with the hyper-Pentecostal movement, the New Apostolic Reformation, the Word of Faith movement, the apostolic, uh, prophetic, signs and wonders, healing, you know, and that'll, that'll be a, a booklet, Lord willing, I can get, if I can get that done, okay. that has hundreds and hundreds of names in it. Um, because a lot of people have asked about this book and say, why didn't you include so-and-so? <laughs> of course. Said, well, <laughs> we can't get all this. It, it's, too, it's just a booklet. I, I don't want to write a phone book, you know what I'm right. right, but you can also call it heaps of teachers, right? Because we were warned that it would be heaps of teachers, and your booklet proves that. And, and it's interesting because some of these authors, it's very subtle, Chris, isn't it? Because I had a friend who was reading uh, during the emergent uh, hype Donald Miller, you know, Blue Like Jazz and things like that. Oh, I love it. I didn't see anything wrong with it. Well, no, because they have a way of presenting things with just a little drop of poison in them. And you go, wait a minute, that's a spin. Or that's, a, I'm being manipulated scripturally here to agree with the author. So some of them are overt, but I bet a lot of them are very subtle as well. Would you say that's true? Oh, absolutely. Well, Jude says, you know, these false teachers creep in unawares. Right. And so, right. you know, either either alongside other pastors in the pulpit or at conferences or whatever, speaking venues, or with their materials in the church, you know, writing. And mm-hmm. so, you know what, too, Mary, I, I will just throw this out. On, on the homepage of my spiritualresearchnetwork.org website, I actually have listed there at the top, as you scroll down, videos that I've done on my booklets. Okay. Because especially with the directive authors booklet, it's important. If people want to watch that, I explain more in depth about the booklet and I go through the, the subheadings and whatnot. Um, because people think I'm just being cruel and unkind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, here's why I wrote this. It's people need to be warned, but in a loving and gracious manner. Yeah. And, you know, it's a loving and gracious thing to give someone a book that warns them. Right. You know, when, when, when my daughter was just about three years old, she drank paint thinner. And it, it, when we were living in Scotland, she almost died from ingesting paint thinner mm. that you clean paintbrushes with. In, in the UK, they call it mineral spirits. And over there, they put it in a clear plastic bottle that looks like an Avion water bottle. Wow. She Oof. scaled the shelves in the kitchen when oh. I was painting like eight, nine feet up. She's three years old. She got the safety cap off, drank it, and she almost died in my arms. <sighs> and I'm thinking, you know what? The warning label, it should have had a big skull and crossbones on it. But sure. it's like it's like in the church today. People buy books because they're popular from popular teachers and famous pastors are re- recommending them. And then they go and read the book and they get derailed in their in their Christian faith. Yep. Derailed. And that's a yep. tragedy. Though. Yep. And yeah. even shipwrecked. Um, let's dive into the book a little bit, uh, Chris, because uh, we it'll take us till April if we were to go through the whole book. So, <laughs> um, Signs and Wonders Glossary. You know, Kevin Reeves. Kevin Reeves wrote a lot of this one. He was an elder at a Latter Rain Church uh, for some time until the Lord opened his eyes, and we each have our own entries in this particular chapter. 
um, some of the terms here, just so the listener understands what we are defining here, uh, NAR, Azusa Street, Brownsville. It, uh, you want to know what that is? Because we talked about it with Alpha Course. It's defined here in this Signs and Wonders glossary. Binding and loosing, dominion theology, generational curses. A lot of Christians don't uh, have the benefit of knowing what those are. But some that I have never heard of that you covered in this chapter, um, activating, doing carpet time, fire tunnels, um, a lot of strange stuff there, Chris. Are there any that you want to go over? Um, because we want to also go to your chapter, Occultic Practices and Beliefs. Are any of these in the Signs and Wonders glossary that you want to mention? You know what? I, I, I don't know. Throw one out to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Th- yeah. Uh, let's see. One of them is doing carpet time. What in the world is doing carpet time? It's like okay, uh, time out? <laughs> another, another word for carpet time would be called soaking in the presence. Okay. And the idea of soaking or sozo prayer or soaking prayer ah, is that okay. you, you know, whether someone comes along and they, they so-called anoint you, they try to impart a blessing upon you, mm-hmm. you know, you fall down on the ground, or, or you just lay on the ground and you're laying there and you're trying to meditate and visualize Jesus. You're doing carpet time, and this this phrase became really popular in the Vineyard movement when the when the Toronto blessing hit. I remember people say, "Oh, we're doing carpet time." I'm like, "Oh, really? What's that?" Oh, well, yeah, you just you soak in prayer. I'm wow. like, "Well, okay, well, what's the, what also what also is going on?" Well, we're visualizing Jesus. We're trying to picture Jesus in our mind, or okay. you know. And so the idea wow. of soaking prayer, a lot of people get involved with this, and it's it, it can actually turn into a form uh, somewhat like a cataleptic trance where you're doing carpet time, you're soaking in prayer. However, there's some occultic force that's overshadowing you that's made you stuck to the floor. People can't get off the floor. They become, quote, drunk in the spirit or drunk on the divine. And this was really famous. I mean, it still goes on today in these counterfeit revivals. People are doing carpet time. It's just another word for being just laid out on the floor and you can't move because there's some force it's not the Holy Spirit that's sticking right. people to the floor, unless it's God's judgment upon them. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I talk about the this, this same sort of thing over in, in, in my chapter, uh, you know, with these different anointing transfer techniques that just lay people out like they're, you know, in some Hindu ashram cult in India. I mean, I've been to India. I've seen stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. I've been traveled to various countries and seen manifestations of these so-called powers and it's identical to what I've seen in Christian churches right in front of my face. It's horrific. Wow. So that's part of what um, carpet time is. Well, and how can they not know that that's occultic and they're opening up to something that they do not want in their lives? I I don't know. I, I guess I've just been around a long time, and, and, and rooted and grounded is, is the only way, really, uh, to know the, the truth so that the counterfeit hits you right between the eyes. And you've got some other ones in here, fire tunnels, another revival practice, very, very strange, uh, celebratory excesses, why does that not surprise me, uh, things like that. And I don't want to take away from your chapter, so people can get the, the book, again, uh, A New Narrative for a New World, just page after page, chapter after chapter of glossaries of terms in these movements that'll just give you an education um, on all of these things. I think it's the shortest way possible um, between two uh, two points to get an education on these. But your your chapter here, occultic practices and beliefs crossing into charismatic revivalism, um, and of course you uh, cite a lack of discernment along with biblical illiteracy as the root trouble for people. Um, 
uh, embracing these things, um, occultism in the church. I almost can't even say that, Chris. It seems so weird to have that roll off my tongue, occultism in the church. But what are some of the things that you want to talk about with that? You have so many great uh, words here that you've defined. Anything specifically that you want to talk about um, in yes. this chapter? Yes, Go ahead. I, I do. And, and, and real quick, I do want to say, too, is, is, is this, this uh, chapter is actually now also a small booklet. Great. A glossary booklet. Okay. The Lighthouse Trails has put out, and I do. I have a video on this on my homepage too at okay. spiritualresearchnetwork.org. Great. Um, first off, I'm going to mention some of these terms, but I, I know we're get, running down on time here. Um, I, I really feel for people who who get sucked into these things yeah. because they do these things. They're drawn into them out of desperation. A lot of them are sincere. They're sincerely wanting to find God or know God, and and they're led into error by the false teachers. And so they don't have the discernment capabilities because they don't know the basics of Scripture. Now, a simple question I ask in the beginning of the booklet is this. Uh, four questions. Did Jesus Christ teach his disciples and the apostles these things? Mm. Number two. Mm-hmm. Does the book of Acts illustrate the teaching method or practice in the early church for Christians? Mm. Number three. Are the doctrines, practices, and experiences being received consistent with New Testament instruction for God's church. And four, is the instruction in the Bible of, quote, trying or testing the spirits being heeded? First John 4, mm-hmm. 1. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the answer is no to all yes, four of those questions. It is. When people are getting involved. And, and some of these practices are activations, active ritual transference of power, active trance, a presence or the presence, wow. a bulia, Anointed ones, anointings, anointed transfer techniques, artica ceremony, atmospherical and celestial paranormal phenomena, auric clairvoyance, bantering spirits and spirits possession, baptism by fire and surges of energy, bioelectric phenomena, catalepsy, convulsions, crunches, blank awareness, blank mood, dream work, dream, divine intoxication, entrancement, exploitation of instinct, flicks. Focus attention, flow-free, grave-sucking, mantle-grabbing, holy laughter, hypnotic ecstasy, impartations, invocation, evoca- evocation, kundalini arousal, levitation, mediumistic senses, pogo-sticking and jumping magicians, psychic smells, portals and thin places, raising the vibrations, shakti pat, yoga-induced kriya manifestations, etc., Wow. So I do want to just focus real quick on one of these. Okay. Uh, it's called the just just stop me when we got to finish the show. Okay. It's called the presence or a presence, and the problem with this is there's so many people, and this is really popular with the Jesus Calling uh, Sarah Young's devotional series too. The presence or a presence or someone felt the presence. Well, if we look in the world of occultic mediumship and clairvoyance and seances. At clairsentience, uh, psychic channeling, they are very much into a presence or the presence. And what these are, these are demonic spirit guides that transform themselves into, quote, mm. angels of light. Uh, you know, Paul the Apostle talked about, he warned the, the Christians in Corinth, and he says, uh, you know, for, for he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. But these people are bearing with the false teachers, presenting a counterfeit Jesus, a counterfeit spirit, and a counterfeit gospel. 
And Paul says, you know, these are, these are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And those verses come from Second Corinthians chapter well, 11. Well, you nailed it. You nailed that, Chris. You just absolutely nailed yeah, that. Na- yeah. Now, with, with the presence thing, uh, people all over the place are, are getting involved with wanting to feel God's presence. Well, scripturally, God is present with us all the time as born-again believers. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. dwells within us. Mm-hmm. So people need to get back to Scripture and say, well, what's the proper view of God the Holy Spirit? He's a person. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's not like Qui Gong. A key mm. and chi and some psychic energy, uh, you know, and that's what a lot of the things that are covered in this book go right back to that, the occultic anointing, the holy laughter. And I understand both sides of this issue because I actually succumbed to a holy laughter false teacher before the Toronto movement ever hit Wow, back in uh, 1991. Mm. And I, I talk about this in my video about this booklet on my homepage and my website. And people can watch that, but it's just a short bit of my testimony. And and the reason is I was desperate for healing. And I was a young believer at the time, and I, I heard this guy teach. I didn't know what he was teaching. He just said, God wants to heal you. God's going to raise up an entire army of healers, and I got the anointing. And I went up to him, and he, before he even put his hand on my forehead, I fell on the ground laughing and crying and speaking in some tongue or something, you know? Wow. I renounced all that mm-hmm. a few months after it happened because I realized the guy was a hardcore false teacher. Uh, with a new apostolic reformation, false teachings of word faith. Wow. So anyway, that being said, these uh, terms are in there, and people can read them. They're very in-depth. I wrote all the definitions myself. I used mm-hmm. numerous resources. And, uh, you know, a lot of these terms, there's over 8,000 different terms the world of psychics and occultists <laughs> utilize. Ooh. I guess that definitely is the definition of jargon, and, and they want to do that. They want uh, people to look into that and think that they have some hidden knowledge, which reminds me of Gnosticism, which we covered last Friday, because all of these terms are Gnosticism. It's a different experiential way to God that bypasses the truth and, and goes on experience, and word faith and all of those are Gnosticism through and through. I'm also thinking, Chris, of strong delusion and the spirit of Antichrist here, and how easy it will be for the adherents of these uh, of this religion, quote-unquote, and these experiences to be pulled into the signs and wonders of the last days, and that that is a scary uh, end game for all of this, and um, boy, we sure appreciate all these incredible. I have not heard of some of these terms. I'm going to uh, read it over again. I read it yesterday, and I need to read it again because some of it is downright bizarre. And uh, wow, thank you so much, Chris. It went very fast. I'm hoping we can do this again sometime because there are so many more things that we can talk to you about and warn people about things that aren't that are in the church. Like I said earlier, um, occultism in the church doesn't exactly roll off my tongue. So. Thank you so much, Chris Lawson. We appreciate all your hard work over the years, and uh, let's do this again sometime. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Can I finish with a sentence? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, Paul, remember, Paul, you, you read, Paul said, Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I yes. cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Yes. And my, my, my uh, word to pastors and church leaders would be, if you haven't tried tears yet, dealing with discernment and the dangers of what's going on in the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. You need to sit before the Lord and try tears. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, thank you so much for that. Uh, good advice for uh, for those who think that uh, Paul wasn't concerned with false teaching. I think that that particularly that particular verse really nails it. So, uh, thank you everyone for uh, being with me this week and today with Chris Spiritual Research Network dot org Lawson Christopher dot org. Um, like Crash said, I will be gone for a couple of weeks and um, I'm going to come back refreshed and ready to hit the ground running for the rest of 2024 with a boatload of new podcasts, new guests, some old guests, uh, um, and uh, just a, a real mixed bag. We can warn, encourage, and exhort. That's our goal here. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15.58. God bless you. See you in March. And be sure to check our YouTube channel, Q90FM Radio, for video versions of the podcast.